Welcome to Soccer Talk, a podcast about soccer in Iowa, presented by Kick It Forward. Kick It Forward is a local nonprofit organization that fosters community through soccer. Among other things, we promote accessibility, diversity, and integration at a grassroots level. Check us out on Twitter at kick underscore forward, on Facebook at kick it forward IA, and online at www.kifsoccer.com. We would like to thank our generous sponsors, including Scott Insurance Services, Michael Keener, Attorney at Law, and Purple Poppy Boutique. Scott Insurance Services is an independent insurance agency located in West Des Moines, Iowa, servicing central Iowa and all surrounding states. They are family owned and are a locally operated business with over 125 years of experience in the insurance services industry, specializing in personal and commercial insurance. They are a great friend of the pod, a huge supporter of soccer in Iowa, and run by Iowa soccer legend, Billy Scott. This podcast is now distributed on multiple platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Make sure to rate and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Hi there, I'm Ben Brackett with my good friend Blake Sievers, and we are here to talk soccer. That's right, Ben. All Iowa soccer, all the time. Welcome to the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, Iowa soccer supporters. I'm Ben Brackett, back in the studio with my co-host, Blake Sievers, also known as my good friend. Good friend, Blake Sievers. What's up, man? Hey, Ben. Um, good to be back in the studio. I'm a bit jealous you guys were able to get to the game of the week uh, without me, so... Uh, we had a pretty good chat. I'm glad you guys went and um, covered some more uh, soccer here in Iowa. Yeah, and it's funny of all people to miss something, it was you. And you were usually like the stickler about you know being in attendance, being on time, all these things. And you know, the old Titan Tactician and I went out without you. We were fairly successful, although we probably could have used your help on the weather report. Yeah, you guys saved the day, but uh, again, there's... Uh, can't say anything bad about covering covering soccer in Iowa. No, no, of course not. I would not, never say anything bad about that. Just about you, right? Correct. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, taking care of the family business. I like it. Good stuff, Siebs. Uh, we will uh, be glad to have you back this weekend, though, of course. Um, in the meantime, if you are interested in seeing who is a better meteorologist, uh, we would love feedback. You can slide into our DMs. If you want to go back and check things out on Twitter, we're at kick underscore forward. You can also find us on Facebook at Kick It Forward IA, also online www.kifsoccer.com. And if you haven't seen the Kiff bus, uh, you guys posted that to Twitter, brought it out down to down to Pella, and uh, it's pretty good photography there by you guys. I oh, thought you I, had this best side. I appreciate it. Yeah, uh, you know it rode really well, uh, nice and quiet all the way down. Uh, we, yeah, we enjoyed it. It's good. So if there's anybody that needs it, um, let us know. We'd love to. 13 passenger van. A couple, couple soccer folks have used it already. Um, so it's available. Just, again, slide into the DM. Yeah, all it takes from us is a quick phone call to our favorite insurance agent, Billy Scott, over at Scott Insurance Services. Uh, this episode is not brought to you by Billy Scott today. So he's getting a bonus shout-out, as usual. We're always giving to Billy, aren't we? Yes. Uh, well, let's get to the business side of the episode. Uh, let's welcome the Titan Tactician, uh, Matt Sayhag, to the studio. 
All right, Matt Sahag, the Titan Tactician. Welcome back to the studio. How's it going today? It's going good. Uh, good to be back with you guys just a couple of days after the last game of the week down at Simpson. Yeah, so this week we went down to Pella, where if you ain't Dutch, you ain't much. And we saw the Central College Dutch take on the Loris, uh, what are they, the Duhawks? That's right. I always think that's just such an, a random name, so it always it doesn't it doesn't just come right off my tongue. Uh, Blake just couldn't make it, so it was, we were sad to to not have you. I know. I appreciate the invite, but uh, unfortunately, uh, had a big wedding to go to. Ben and Matt. Who uh, who's the the lucky lady? Um, like oh. third cousins. So fun. Uh, can't even remember the name. Uh, Jordan and Travis Parch. There, there you go. go. All right. Shout out. All right. Great. They better listen now. Well, we were a little short-staffed at the game, but I think we, we made good work of it, didn't we, Matt? I think so, although we got a little heat on social media for maybe not going across the field and saying hello, though. We did. We needed our director of community outreach. We did. Yeah, and I mean, our weather reports are clearly uh, making waves because second time in a row now, um, people are asking for that and just aren't patient enough. We were just thinking about having do a little poll where it says who do they prefer providing the report, Blake Sievers or Ben Brackett. And uh, then maybe an other. Yeah, or an other. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, that was good stepping in, Ben. You got, I could teach you a few things, but uh, it's a good start for you. Nowhere to go but up from there. Absolutely not. I appreciate it. Uh, well, so we certainly missed you, uh, but let's let's kind of get down to it. We, we know you've still done your research, Blake, so why don't you uh, grill the Titan Tactician? Yeah, I mean, so. Get him going. Central, just a little backstory on them. You know, obviously coming in, uh, coming into the game, uh, nine one and one, pretty good record from them. Already knocked off Luther, um, number eight Luther College. So uh, and Loris obviously coming in at number nine, um, another big game for them to to make some waves nationally as well as in the conference. Well, I know people listen to the pod every week, but we talked about last week uh, when we were previewing Simpson and Warburg that Simpson and Warburg are traditionally in that sort of pack with Central where they're uh, trying to break into that top one and two spots in the conference that Luther and Loris traditionally hold. And it seems like we might have a, a new top dog here, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, based on based on how Central played that game and obviously the result, um, they've got a strong, strong um, sort of argument that they're the top team in the conference right now. Absolutely. So before we talk about that, uh, let's just talk about the conditions we were under, right? It was, uh, well, if you saw anything on Twitter or if you were uh, breathing on Saturday, you know that the the weather was, it was a little weird. It was Iowa. Yeah, and you know that the, if you live here in Iowa, you know that the weather's just been very, very frustrating for, you know, pretty much the entire, entire fall, September and October. We've had a ton of rain. And, um, you know, I I think we've got, you know, I was I'm I'm myself or I'm kind of pessimistic or critical of um, a lot of clubs and a lot of uh, teams' decisions to shut down their fields and um, and not play or not not find alternatives um, um, as opposed to just shutting down the field and so there was a big decision in this game from Central and probably even from uh, Loris as well as to whether or not to play this game based on the field conditions and because we had so much rain. Um, you know, they played the women's game directly prior to that. And so for 90 minutes prior to the men's game, you had 22 players um, trampling on the on the wet ground. And then obviously, um, 
you duplicate that with the men's game. So there, there, there had to have been some sort of conversation before the game about, hey, do we play this game or do we not? And for for a number of reasons, um, you know, I really applaud Central for, get, for getting the game in. Yeah, definitely. It was very unique circumstances, though, and um, we'll just take a, a small tangent. And Blake and I were talking the other day about his son had a practice or a game on the weekend that was supposed to be in the rain, and they canceled it because people didn't want to play in the rain. The fields were open. They were fine to play, but nobody really wanted to do it. And we were saying, man, that's a bummer because, like, that's the best. Like, those are some of my best memories growing up playing soccer in the rain, right? Absolutely. You know, you, we've talked about it before on the podcast, Ben, right? Remember that tournament down in San Diego? Oh, where yeah. There was just a torrential downpour. And that was 20 years ago we taught, we played. Yeah. And we're still talking about it to this day. Do you remember playing in the Great Plains shootout? And it it, uh, it rained out a ton. And people were, like, doing, like, belly slides down the middle of the field. It's, like, one of those things you just, you, you know, it's like a joyful you know children type deal you know like you're just a kid being a kid and enjoying it and so i think when you play at this level in that type of uh of weather it's like it brings you back like you go from like normally college soccer is fun right but like you add that element to it and it's like uh i mean those are the those are the games i remember from college too you know having my studs on you know going out there putting everything out there and it is you're come off soaked muddy and feeling pretty good usually. And one of those real quick uh we kind of gave a big shout out to central but some uh one of our sources uh, can't go obviously into too much detail who they are, but uh, Loris had a pretty big decision in the game as well whether to play it or not, and um, they were okay with it. So I think we got to applaud them as well on that. Yeah, a- absolutely. I mean, I we're we're sort of just in the the bigger scheme of things. I think in Iowa, facing what I would call a soccer cancellation epidemic. I mean, everyone just cancels. Sort of feels like at the drop of the hat. So. And, you know, for, for youth kids, they never get that chance back if you don't reschedule it. They never get the chance to develop. For a college player, I mean, you know, I looked down some of the list of some of these players, and there were seniors that played in the game. So try telling a 21- or 22-year-old who's playing in a game where they're either in the top 10 in the country or trying to move into the top 10 in the country, and you're going to cancel because of a little rain and because the field, which is grass and grows back, um, is unplayable. Um, and so, you know, there's so many, I think, other uh, factors here as well. Um, you know, I think of it from a player's perspective as well. If you're a player and you played in that game and you're central, you'll remember that game for the rest of your life. It's the day where the conditions weren't ideal, they were far from ideal. Um, it's the day that you went in, you knocked off a ten, top 10 team in front of your home crowd. And I've got no doubt that, you know, around Thanksgiving time, you know, these people are going to gather with their family members and their parents and their uncles and aunts and grandfathers and grandmothers, and they're going to talk about that game. And it's going to be a really, really good good memory, especially for the central players because they won the game. But I think I think everyone um, will, will still sort of talk about that game. And it probably would have been a lot of fun to be in the locker room after the game if you were a, a central fan because I, get, I bet those guys who were all muddied up were just having a huge celebration there. Absolutely. Uh, that's probably a good transition as well to talk a little bit more about the game itself because the conditions certainly uh, would have affected the way you would approach the game, I think. You know, if you're coaching either team, you might say, okay, uh, weather is a factor. Let's do something differently. I don't know. It depends on who, what team you are, what the coach is, but what would you think about that, Sag? Yes. I mean, the, you couldn't get around not adjusting how you played some fashion in that game. The middle of the field was entirely soaked with water, and and it was muddy, and the footing was was terrible. The only areas of the field where you could 
potentially probably get good footing to uh, play a pass in or a cut without slipping or without taking into consideration your feet were the four corners of the field. And it's very, very visible that um, that those are the areas of the field that you wanted to get the ball into if you were going to have any sort of nice service or any good footing to play a nice pass. And Central did exactly that. They, they did a great job of finding a target player. Uh, their target players did a great job of holding the ball up, didn't they? They, br- they bring other people in the game and then they get it wide. And, uh, you know, I mean, that was where they had, uh, as uh, Coach Newman would say, they had lots of joy down the, the flanks. They did. It. it looked like Central came into the game with a plan. Um, and that it was exactly that. They they looked to play their target player, um, who was uh, number nine. He's a sophomore. Um, no, he's not number nine. He's number 17. <laughs> 17. Nathan, Nathan Casas, he's a sophomore. Um, and the, the sim, or, um, excuse me, uh, Central's first goal, um, actually what happened is they played it into the target player. He sort of... Um, it doesn't have great footing, but he, he uses the weight of the pass to turn. Um, and then Central's right back is galloping forwards. The right back is Taylor Petkovich, yep. good a senior. A very, very good player. Uh, I mean, he gets probably goes on a 40- or 50-yard run, gets the ball out wide. Cassis continues his run into the box and then has a really nice sort of uh, finish where he dinks it over the, go- over the goalkeeper. But that sort of, for me, typified how Central approached the game and wanted to play. They wanted to play the target. They wanted to suck in Loris' defenders and then play play a winger who could who could have a nice cross. Um, and so for me, it was, it was the best target play we've seen or I've seen all year. I mean, I've seen Drake play. I've seen UNLV play. I've seen UMKC play, Simpson, Warburg, all these other teams. And for most of the teams, they've played in 4-3-3. And the only team that I think has actually utilized, utilized their target in an efficient and a good way has been Central. And Central um, played a 4-3-3 as well. Yeah, they did. So they did. Question on that. So uh, Nathan Cassis, or however you pronounce his name, 5'9", 155. I wasn't there. He's not your stereotypical, traditional, quote, target player. Um, can you guys just kind of elaborate in a little bit about that, how he was so effective and where, they, where the balls came to him at and whatnot? Yeah, I mean, so first of all, I think he, he starts high. He starts up against the back four. Gives himself space. Gives himself some some space to actually run into and come and get the ball. Um, so he would basically start high. He would again get the ball in the hole, um, which would allow him then to either turn, which he did on the first goal and played out wide, or he's very, very good at holding the ball up. Strong. Um, so for a smaller player, um, he sort of he still ticked the boxes as a target player because he, he's very, very good technically. Um, he could hold the ball up, he can receive it in turn, um, and he can clearly finish as evidenced by that first goal. Well, and as the game wore on, he, he shifted out uh, to a wider role and would still find a way to sort of hold the ball up in those spaces too. He'd be a great outlet there, and he wouldn't, uh, he wouldn't find himself in positions where he was giving the ball away or playing, you know, taking the, the, the air out of the game. He was finding ways to bring people into it and then quickly switch the point of attack or... Uh, combine, uh, he he for me was player of the game, and I think some of the some of the reasons why they had success too was, you know, even though even despite the conditions, Central still tried to play, um, and they they still tried to play through their their midfielders too. Um, one of the things that was fun about that game was, um, you know, for me anyway, is just having seen some of those high school players that we watched in the spring coming into that game and get, getting some meaningful minutes. So an example is Nick Ashton. An example is Charlie Pritchard. 
Uh, Michael Brandt got a few a uh, few minutes in the first half as well for Loris, but you know Nick Ashton had a great Ashton had a great game. He 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 tried to play. He didn't just try and it would have been very easy in that game just try and kick it, but he was he was a guy that sort of calling things down midfield. He was a guy that could play into the target um, or come and get it off of the target. And so for Central, they had a game plan based on the conditions, but they it seemed like they came up with a game plan. Um, where they wanted to keep the ball as well instead of just kind of humping it long to get it in the danger area. I have to assume that they play like that on a regular basis, and it would have been interesting to see them play that same game on a dry day. It, I, I guess it's hard to say, but I would, I would guess that they would have controlled the game even more than they did. I think so. I, th- I think specifically, you know, you've got Charlie Pritchard up there that played, um, seemed like mostly on the, on the left wing as their left winger. He was going up against uh, number 20, who was um, Loris's right back, Ian Lenke. Um, Ian did a nice job. He's, a, he's sort of a big, he's sort of a strong, stocky, short um, defender that, you know, if it's within tackling distance, he's making a tackle. Absolutely. He had several strong tackles in the game. But when you when you get a guy like Pritchard up against him, Pritchard's got his number all day for pace. Pritchard was giving him all sorts of fits, and then when he would come off, uh, the number 20, I didn't catch his name, he was like a great right back. But when he was under pressure from Tr- Pritchard, it was, I mean, he was under pressure. Yeah, I think in a, in a game with different conditions, I think Pritchard would have been able to play even wider um, and probably get the ball and probably create even more havoc um, on the right back or on their whole defense. But, um, you know, part of the, um, I think part of the reason why Central was, able to open him up so much as well is, is due to how Loris played. I was going to say, um, let's talk about Loris a little bit. Yeah, so, um, again, I mean, Loris is a great team. Um, I thought they had um, – they, they started in 4-3-3. Um, they have a, a couple of players that I thought looked dangerous at times. Um, there was uh, – let's see, it was number three, Alex Siri. He's a, he's a midfielder. He's a, he's a freshman. He played up front for him in the first half. There were some times when he would get in around the box, and he looked like, um, you know, he was good with his feet and good in one v one situations, and and had a couple of times where he thought he might get off a good chance. Unfortunately for him, he was going up against Central's right back, um, Taylor Pekovic, who, as we said, was is a very very accomplished player and is a senior, and it seemed like Taylor had his number most of the time. But I liked the way Alex Terry looked, and he's a freshman in it. Um, it seems like he'll have a, have a positive future at Loris. Um, number 12 came on um, in the middle of the first half. His name is Zeke Hiori. Um, big, big, strong guy, big, powerful guy. I thought he added um, an element to the game that Loris needed. Um, so he looked <coughs> like they were going to threaten threaten and score. Um, and then, of course, I can't annoy the, or ignore... Um, this particular player, when you if you guys are going to call me the Titan Tactician, Ooh. then I've got to point out that there's Connor McGrary. He's a junior defender. He's from Rockford Boylan, and none other a graduate than uh, of the Boylan Catholic Titans. So, you know, if I've got one real criticism of Loris's uh, coaching staff <laughs> is that they didn't play him in the second half. Uh, you're coming from some some winning roots there, so maybe you give the guy a chance. Well, while we're on it, let's give a couple shouts to some other local boys that played for Loris. You had um, uh, Mark Broderick, a Sporting Iowa guy, also a Valley Tiger. Uh, I, Mark is a senior there. He's he's played and contributed all four years. Uh, and I know for him, I'm guessing he was probably disappointed after the game, but uh, I thought he played pretty well. 
Uh, he's a big, strong target guy. And then you've got uh, Alex Herrera, who uh, Des Moines Wanderers fella, also played for Sporting Iowa, Waukee guy, Shattuck guy. Um, but he got injured over the summer and was worried he was going to miss his entire Caesar, senior season and has been like working really hard to get back. And I know he was he was pretty pumped uh, to he's, he started to play again this season and played about twenty minutes. And uh, despite the result, it was good to see him play for sure. Yeah, the other Loris um, guy I want to mention just because I you know I won't speak for you guys, but um, I like sort of pushing the Des Moines Metro local guys, um, is Michael Brandt. For sure. Um, he's a freshman there. We watched him quite a bit um, this past spring. Um, you know, uh, and I'll sort of digress a little bit, but in the second half, Loris changes their shape when they go down three, uh, three to one. Well, let's talk about the timing of those goals, right? So, Laura scores first early in the first half. Like, as we're walking in, they mm-hmm. score. Uh, Central turns around, quickly scores, tie it up, and then within, you know, probably another 15 minutes, it scored again to make it 2-1, and did so with another good, uh, with an additional good flank play, got it wide, got it in the box, good goal, and then goes into halftime 2-1, and early, again, early in the second half, uh, Central strikes again. So as soon as that happens, they change. Yep. And so Loris goes, and they, it looks like what they they went four at the back, two in midfield, and then four up front. And they were playing an, almost an, a diamond up front. So if you look at the way then how Central was playing, they were playing 4-3-3. So Central then not only has them outnumbered in midfield, three versus two, um, but they're three versus three at the back. And, and what happened was, and, and Loris sort of just resorted to, getting the ball and trying to kick it forwards as far as they could into their front four. So you saw a lot of balls go forward, a lot of aerial challenges, but it looked probably, you know, when it was 3-1 and um, when Casas, when Pritchard, when Ashton, um, when all these guys were still in the field, it looked like the game might get away and it could be 4-1, 5-1, and the the lead could have opened up uh, quite a bit more. And I think Part of that is is just due to how the shape changed. I mean, when you've got an opponent who's playing with three up front, two wingers, and you're playing with two central midfielders who are square and 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 don't have much depth, you've got a lot of space to play into those front three, um, and so it it contributed to a number of attacks. And I thought Central was going to get another one. Um, now Laidlaw makes some changes. I was going to say, let's talk about that because. The substitutions that we've seen in the two D3 college, the men's games specifically that we've seen, um, all the teams have seemed to substitute rather liberally. Was that fair? Yeah, agreed. So, and different to how, you know, if you wake up on a Saturday morning and you watch like the English Premier League or you watch the MLS, completely different, right? Granted, a little bit to do with the substitution rules. Like if you could sub all game, maybe you would. But it was interesting in, in the situation we're talking about, Central's on top of the game. They're up 3-1. Um, they've created another couple chances, and they say, it looks like they're going for their fourth. And then off comes uh, the 17. Off comes Charlie Pritchard. Uh, and things just sort of, they don't go south. It's not like it gets bad. It's just the the intensity of their, or the, you know, the, uh, what's the what's the word I'm looking for? Just the the intensity of their play, the the frequency that they're that they're getting forward changes in, entirely. Yeah, I mean, the, I think the level of player changed. I mean, just to put it bluntly, um, and so you saw sort of changes in in momentum, and um, and so I I think that had a big impact in the game. So I think we saw Loris start to 
um, look like they may get one back. And in, in fact, they did at the end. Um, just a little too late. Just a little bit too late. But so going back to Michael Brandt, you know, he's six foot three. I looked at the stat sheet. There's only one other guy um, in Loris's um, lineup that's six foot three and he's a defender. The goalkeeper then is six foot two. Um, apart from that, the tallest guy in Loris is six feet tall. So, you know, Brandt's carrying three inches on every one of his teammates. And when you're looking at a tactic that is to just get the ball forwards, um, and that's a guy that we've watched play in, in midfield in his, in his high school career, it seems to me like he could have been used to sit in that hole and be the, the sort of the deep, the, the shallowest striker and maybe used a little bit of his physique. So um, just an observation that I had. Um, obviously, he's only a freshman, so he's got a long career ahead of him, but I, I think they probably could have utilized, utilized him a little bit more. Well, I spoke to the Iowa Rush, one of the Iowa Rush club coaches after the game, just said, hey, saw some of your boys play. They look good. Uh, and he just mentioned that Brandt has started a handful of games previously this season um, and that he didn't start that game. So you know, it sounds like he's, he must be getting some time. Uh, and so you know, it's give him give him a little bit more uh, experience, and I think you know he'll be a regular. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you think? I would think so. Yeah, I mean, freshman starting some games, getting significant yeah. minutes most of the time for a top ten team is uh, is a pretty big deal. Yeah. Can absolutely. we talk about one more little um, just about um, local guy and Matt West for Central? Um, he scored uh, number twenty. He scored um, seven goals on the year. Um, he's I believe he scored the. Was it the third goal uh, or the game winner? So, yeah, the game winner there uh, in the, to start the second half. Just seeing if you guys had any. He's a Southeast Polk boy as yeah, well. Yeah, Southeast Polk, VSA um, club player. Just seeing if you guys had anything on him. Um, just because he obviously been productive. Scoring seven goals as a freshman. For, for a, well, so, uh, so that third goal team. is a set piece. Uh, nice ball in from Charlie Pritchard. Uh, gets in the box and he's on the end of it. So I mean, I think he's, he seems to me like he's probably just got a nose for goal. Um, you know, other little Iowa guy uh, we should give a shout out who didn't see any minutes, but uh, Dwayne Wanderers, Brandon Banyas, another Southeast Polk guy, which is why it uh, came to to my mind. Uh, always love seeing Iowa guys getting a little time. You know, this is a the central roster is pretty Iowa heavy, and I would guess that the location of Loris. Um, gets them as many Illinois players as they do because they've still got some Iowa players. But Central, I mean, when you look through this this roster, it's it's pretty heavy Iowa. It's heavy Iowa, and it's young heavy yeah. Iowa. So, so like you had mentioned, so he started. Um, I didn't write down who started the first half only because we were, we were a couple of minutes late. late. But um, in the second half, um, uh, West starts. So you, their front three are, are Pritchard, uh, Casas, and West. So you've got two freshmen and a sophomore, um, which is a pretty potent attack. And then when you look down the middle of the field then, you've got Nick Ashton, who's a freshman, number eight. Uh, and then number five is a guy named Jake Darnowski. Um, he's from Wheaton, Illinois. He's a sophomore. He comes on and plays a big role in central midfield too. So um, that is, let's see, I mean, five guys who are either freshmen or sophomore were huge contributors, and I didn't look rest, uh, closely at the rest of the squad, but you know you got heavy Iowa and a young squad who's now in the top ten in the country, and um, um, that they looks pretty promising. Or I'm sorry, beat the top ten in the country. Two of them. Two, yeah. Um, that's that's pretty promising. Yeah, there, and I saw today on Twitter that they're ranked first in the region currently, so I would guess we'll find them in the national rankings here whenever those come out. 
Uh, let's also give a little First shout in the out. the region or 10th in the region? The Simpsons 10th, Central's 1st. Thank nice. you, Blake. Stats are pretty sharp here. Absolutely. You've been out of the game a little bit, haven't you? <laughs> uh, but no, I think we should quick give a shout to just the Central College campus, which I just thought was very picturesque and, and nice. Uh, what a cool little athletic facility they had. Their stadium was beautiful. Uh, I assume on a different day that field would be beautiful. Um, it it kind of it was one of those where I was watching it, going like, "Gosh, if I was twenty one years old, like, what a great place to play, right?" It's a cool setting. The you know we tr- we should mention we drove the KK Ford bus into town, didn't we? We did. Pictures we, on Twitter if you haven't seen them. Yeah, Strat had been parked in the garage for a little bit, so Ben and I jumped in the in the Kiv bus and and traveled down there. But you you drive into campus and you've got this really nice sort of park as you're coming closer to the athletic complex and then you just see these beautiful facilities so football turf and and baseball fields and all that stuff but the soccer field's really cool they've got actually um the stands are built into the the side of the hill that looks over the stadium um and yeah i mean the 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 surface looks perfect other than that it would just got beat up on the day um and so you know i've got no doubt that you know they may be off it for the rest of the season may have to play somewhere else but um totally worth it in my opinion not sure what the cost looks like yet but if you're a sort of a central central alum or a donor and they've got some damage to the field i mean <laughs> now's a good time to write a check because you've got a team that's coming into the top 10 um most likely a team that looks like they could compete for a national title and and got a lot of promise moving forward yeah and you know overall i've been uh, just impressed by the these couple of games that we've seen uh, of just kind of Iowa, you know, Iowa colleges with Iowa talent. It's been fun. Um, this weekend is a, is going to be also a fun one. I think it'll be interesting to see. We have yet to see Luther play. So uh, Luther, traditionally one of the top uh, teams in the American Rivers Conference. So they take on Simpson. We'll be out there uh, enjoying the day. Uh, well, it sounds like it's going to be beautiful out. So hopefully you guys will come join us. Uh, anything else on, on Loris? Central from the Titan Tactician. Not for me, Ben. Thanks. Awesome. Episode 42 in the book, Siebs. Can you believe we're at 42 already? Well, not quite yet. It will be here in just a couple minutes. Well, good point. Good point. Uh, but can you believe that we're already at 42? Flying through these. That's good. We're Hopefully our listeners are uh, appreciating how far we've grown since episode one. I think it's quite significant. Uh, I think it will also be pretty exciting when we hit that the big 5-0 here before the end of the year. We'll have to do a little something special, won't we? Absolutely. A little review, best of, who knows. Babe. Ooh, a best of? That sounds like a lot of work. We've got a lot of audio <laughs> files saved, outtakes. Oh, man. Well, that I'm not the... Uh, producer Producer. i hate being the producer um that was good having a titan tactician in you guys saw two teams that uh we haven't covered yet um, which i hope hopefully they appreciate um, as well yeah and i hope to get back out and see those guys again uh especially uh central just because they're closer no offense to you guys loris i will hope that uh when the tournament time comes around that we get to see you guys as well but super fun again to just—I I love just getting out on a Saturday, checking out a little a little college soccer. Uh, I'm hoping to go out this week. Drake plays Evansville on Wednesday, and then uh, this weekend on on Saturday, I'm also pretty excited for our little uh, little tailgate situation that's going to be there at Simpson Luther uh, on 
Saturday afternoon in Indianola. Yeah, you know, that game, you know, we got a big fundraiser going on, so even if you don't like us, it would be great for you to show up and contribute, I think, a little bit. I think even if you don't like us, this is for Musa and his lovely wife, Jessie. Uh, we, we spoke to the Luther coach ahead of time, uh, and they were planning to send their fans over. We're planning, I think it's going to be a great little turnout. We're going to have chili and cinnamon rolls. Uh, we might even have a, a leftover uh, keg of beer from our golf event on Friday. Uh, it could be fun. Boys, girls games um, as well. So That's right. Girls kick off at 3, boys kick off at 5. We'll be in the parking lot starting at 2 p.m. Hope to see you out there. And where can they find that flyer and that information and that site and the address at? Well, on social media, Blake, uh, which would be Twitter at kick underscore forward and on Facebook at kick it forward IA. Online, www.kifsoccer.com. Uh, you can always shoot me or Blake a text, um, shoot us an email, all that good stuff. We should also just give a quick last-minute shout-out to our golf event, shouldn't we, Blake? We should. Here, uh, today's Tuesday. We're recording this. It's going to be Friday. What do we have? Two foursomes left is all, I think. Yeah, um, these spots are filling up fast, ladies and gentlemen. Now, I would say that the Saturday event is more heartwarming and... Uh, should be uh, one that you should definitely find some time for. But if you don't have anything going on Friday and you want to have some fun, we are your place. You can make it a big kick it forward weekend. You could. That's what we're doing. That's right. All day Friday, Saturday afternoon. Oh, I love it. So, yeah, come join us on Friday for the golf event. Come join us on Saturday for Simpson Luther. We will be around. The Kiff bus will be out. Uh, it should be a great time. In the meantime... Don't hold your breath, but we'll be back next week with another episode. I can't wait. Can you? I can't, Ben.